Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. So yeah, Dave, another Mountain Malarkey episode, another interviewee who we've got today. Yeah, today's actually, um, it's a really exciting one for me because he's a chap that I've known known about um, for a very long time and yeah. was someone that I kind of looked up to and now I know the man several years later um, but a very different man from the one that I uh, that I knew about when I was a lot younger so yeah. today we've got Andy Ibert. Andy Ibert has an amazing story to tell about resilience yeah. and strength through adversity he was a really really amazing motorcycle rider and racer yeah. um, and spent a lot of years teaching young people how to ride fast and safe on motorbikes. Um, he was a big feature on the circuits. He knows all of the top riders. Um, and then, uh, not to give the story away, but he faced some adversity in his life. Uh, yeah, big adversity, make, right? Yeah, nearly didn't make it. Came back from the brink. Um, and now he's a budding adventurer, entrepreneur. And he's got an amazing story to tell. So, yeah, I really am looking forward to this one. I've been pushing for Andy Ibert for a while. I know. <laughs> I know. And now we finally got him on. No, it's great to get him on the Mount Malarkey podcast. And, um, yeah, if you're listening, um, yeah, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Um, I mean, yeah, just to, to kind of pre... Um, obviously, Andy, uh, awesome guy. And, you know, he, he does... I don't Again, we don't want to give too much away, but you probably sense when you're listening to Andy, you know, that uh, it's to do with his speech. And, and he's literally almost had to learn how to speak again. So yep. do bear with him. Um, you know, he, he's, uh, he's such a, and such a nice guy. And, you know, he's, um, again, don't, without giving too much away, he's, uh, again, what Dave said there, he, he's an adventurer. He's, he's, he's doing Everest Base Camp. Um, with the, what's happened to him, you, you'll then realise, wow, what a guy. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll leave it there. Listen to the recording. We'll, uh, me and Dave will be back afterwards. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the interview with, with Andy. Andy, yeah, thanks for, for coming on and joining us today on the Mountain Malarkey podcast um yeah we've had some great uh, people on the podcast and i know dave um was talking about yourself and uh, obviously I, I know you're you booked to come with us to go to everest base camp whenever that may happen uh yes <laughs> whenever it may happen yes indeed at the moment at the moment we're down for uh may the 5th yeah that's right day after my birthday day after my birthday is and, it um yeah in a, oh, yeah. In, a in a in a what do you mean is it you know my birthday. <laughs> that explains why my cards never arrive. <laughs> they arrive in the same week. Yeah, but um, yeah, in an in an alternate universe, um, Andy went yeah. to base camp last April. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, just catching up with it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's been um, it's been great to have you on. You know, ever since we you know yeah. we hooked up a little while ago. You know, I've always thought your story would be pretty pretty inspirational for anyone that's really coming over some adversity in their life. Um, I'll be honest, most people have better odds than you did at one point. Um, <laughs> you know. but, um, so I think hearing your story will make most people believe, well, do you know what? If Andy was able to get up, get off the yeah. sofa and, and overcome his difficulties, I think I can as well. And I think that's why it's such a valuable story to get out. I well, think... Absolutely. Let's see. I mean... I uh, come from obviously um, a stroke and aphasia. Uh, yeah. Aphasia is why I can't talk properly. I, I know it seems odd, but I can't. <laughs> and the um, strokes just 
typical. I mean, in fact, in three uh, uh, get stroke, one survive, one will be dead, and one will be a bit like me. Yeah. Um, so I got got in the operating table about an hour to <clears throat> hour and a half uh, to be told, yeah, you're good, off you go. And um, I realised something was wrong because they keep me semi-conscious. I thought, well, that's fair, fair enough. Um, now, I have, or had, I had 30 years of martial arts. Yeah. I've been pretty good at that. <laughs> so when they started in to cut my, uh, my neck, uh, there came a point where it really did hurt too much. Really? I, I said, yeah. look, uh, excuse me, Mr. Anesthetist, um, what yeah. you can do about this? And he said, well, leave it for a couple of minutes. It should go away. Well, I'm fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. I fell asleep. I don't know whether I'd be gone 10 minutes or then next two hours. I honestly don't know. But I did wake yeah. up again. I did say, that really does hurt me. And I don't feel pain that much. But this is really getting me down. Yeah. So the um, Anita said, okay, we'll put you under. I heard the rattle of all the instruments being put away. And that was it, as far as I was concerned. Yeah. The next thing I remember is Rob, who's my best friend, held my hand and I squeezed it back. Now, he got this at a really important time in life because he'd been told by the officials uh, that had uh, one, uh, th uh, three, four, five, 5% chance to live. And wow. that was her. Yeah. yeah. That must have been pretty shocking. I mean, so what was the operation for then? It was fairly routine, right? It wasn't anything that was supposed to be dramatic or... Yeah, certainly, I had a small lump on my neck, just about, yeah. you know, no big, no big deal. Um, they looked at it, they said, we'll do a scan at, at uh, Northampton. They said, we'll do a scan at Oxford. Well, I was pretty worried. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, I let them carry on. Um, the professor who is teaching my operation, uh, Dr. Uh, professor Linda Hands, uh, she said, we'll have a look. She looked at it as well and said, it's about that big, you know, about, what, half a pence? Wow. Um, okay. you, should, you should take an hour, hour and a half, and, and we'll, you'll be on your way. So that's what I, uh, I, I thought. Yeah. But two hours later. It was something else, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so that happened then, and, and and then I know from your story, obviously, a, a massive stroke, and you weren't able to talk for a while, were you? You know, <laughs> how long was that? How oh, I, I, how I was, was that period of time? Uh, you, you, uh, in hospital, I was uh, in uh, hospital for about six months. I could say yes, no, and a swear word. Oh, yeah, <laughs> let you discover that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, it's um, important, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they let me out, and 
I've been at home probably six months. I've been about a year on the operation. Yeah. And uh, they said on the uh, MRI they scan, I had four uh, four veins going to my head, as we all have. Yeah. Uh, they said one was a bit iffy and that cut down to three. Wow. Then I had a stroke. Yeah. And that, that was it. I mean, it was, there was very little I could do. Um, a year down the line, it's the lowest of the low because I was committing suicide. Not I really. turned turned to my ex-wife and I said, get the sharpest knife in the kitchen. I'm going to end it all now. Yeah. And I, 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 if she got the knife, um, I would have committed suicide there and then. But she didn't get my knife, so I don't get one. Damn. <laughs> and um, from then on, every everything, every word, uh, people dead, everything became a challenge to me. Yeah. So the walking up and down the stairs was a huge benefit to get right. Yeah. Then I ran, uh, walked around the garden. And then it's to the end of the road and back. And this, I mean, that was the end of the road. Probably took me about six months to get it. Yeah. It was re really hard. Yeah, yeah. And I've just progressed from there to there to there and there. And whatever I try to do anything, I try to give it my best. Because I know that my right-hand side is, well, put it bluntly, it's Bloody useless. <laughs> All it's got is my right leg that gives about 30 degrees of movement, which is enough for me to walk. Yeah. And I can walk. Uh, well, I, I did the Marathon de Saab uh, yeah. 2007. I did I did uh, two days. So I was yeah. pretty damn chuffed for that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Awesome. There you were. Um, After going from you know, your garden, sorry, Dave, go on. Oh, we no, should I'm say as well. I'm hogging it here. <laughs> so a little before, so before your stroke, they should like give people a little idea of like so the difference between your life before and after. You weren't just some sort of couch potato sat around doing nothing. You were a sort of professional motorcycler racer and yep. you know um, traveled all around the world, rubbing shoulders with some of the biggest names in the business, and. That was your life, right? You you said thirty years worth of martial arts, but I personally knew you from a long, long time ago, because I, I always had a passion for life on two wheels myself. And one year, I think my father got me the gift, or my brother, of your book, um, performance riding techniques. And I remember reading that and knowing your name. And that's why when it, it was introduced to me, someone said, "Do you know Andy Ibert?" And I said, "Andy Ibert, Andy Ibert." I know Andy Ibert. How's he doing? <laughs> and then I and then I remember saying, like, yeah, I know Andy. Of course. Well, I, I said, I know of him. And they said, oh, yeah, well, guess what's happened to him? And I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, life from a, you know, professional motorcycle racer, traveling all over the world, being active, doing martial arts, finding a little lump on your neck like we all probably do, expecting to be home an hour, a few hours after the op. Yeah. And then you literally, your life just completely took a sharp left and went off in a completely different direction. <laughs> Over the edge. And, you know, 
I've obviously I had I, I hurt um, I snapped a ligament in my knee and sometimes I catch myself moaning about it and feeling a bit sorry for myself and I have to remind myself <laughs> you know that it, it could be a lot worse but um, a bit of perspective sometimes isn't it I mean it helps, that, yeah. helps us all right but it's almost the I think the bigger the sort of juxtaposition you know like if you were a caged potato you didn't do anything and it still still would have been tragic but you know not being able to ride a motorcycle you know, not being able to do the things yeah. you used to be able to do. I can totally emphasize to why you, you know, said to the wife, go get the knife. She's obviously, you know, a good woman because she didn't go and get the knife. <laughs> and then I think... What, what... did she get you? <laughs> um, she she got me some harsh words, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they obviously worked, didn't they? So. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think a lot of people can take the lesson from that in what you just said, one of the things I really do like is no matter sort of what, how, you know, bad life can get, break it down into challenges, focus on the goals that you know you can achieve. And then yeah. who knows, you know, like you had to learn to walk, learn to speak. And I understand you said even like the thinking, you know, like trying to get yeah. the, the thoughts correct and stuff like that. Those are all oh, challenges you Unbelievable. Uh, you, you say thoughts, right? So thoughts in my brain were absolutely 100%. That, although, yeah. like, like you are with me now. Uh, but the voice box, it, and somebody, uh, it just went completely wrong. I'd say, hello, hello, how are you today? And my voice box would say, that didn't come out right. Let me try again. How are you today? How? Yes. Yeah. It was so, it's, 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 now it's, uh, it's a lot, lot clearer, but then, oh boy, I was frustrated most of the time. Most of the time. I mean, um, I mean, going through all this then, so obviously you've gone through, you know, you've gone through that challenge now, and then you've pretty much gone from walk, trying to walk around your garden to trek into Everest Base Camp, right? Yeah. Um, what, what was the motivation for going to Everest Base Camp then? I mean, what what, what kind of thought? Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. That's, I'm ready to go now. What what was? Tell tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I was listening to Jamie McNash uh, podcast. Yeah. And he was going on about how he'd done this, done that, and he was to climb to Everest Space Camp. Yeah. I thought, was? Does that mean he's not done it yet? So I wrote him after the podcast. I said, Yeah. What do you reckon, Jamie? How many have you got going? Oh, it's just me and Charlotte. Do you want to really take on another one, like namely me? <laughs> and we. Spoke about it and agreed we'd do it. And yeah. I put the phone down. I said, Right, I'm up to Everest Base Camp. Now, uh, oh my god, I'm fucking scared of heights. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am scared of heights. Yeah. yeah. And to come, they've got to get into my head that whenever there's a 20, 30, 50, 90, 100, yeah. and blah, 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 fall directly in front of me, I'm not going to fall over the edge. But yeah. I don't think that. I think, yeah, it's okay. I can see that. And my my body is saying to my brain, we're not going there. No way. We're not <laughs> yeah. going to go yeah. there. No so way, no way, fighting. no way. Yeah. 
you know, and yes, I've been climbing up uh, mountains. I've been uh, yeah. hundred feet high in in, in this country. Um, I'm taking some lessons now. Uh, the NHS have given me some height lessons, so I've only just okay. started, and hopefully. It won't, it won't be that I'm not scared, but I might be able to be scared and carry on. Yeah. yeah. That, that's that's what do. I'm doing. It, it's going to be scary for me. Of that, I've made no yeah. problems at all. But it will be scared, but manageable, shall yeah. I say. So it's just that, one of those challenges you've, you've got to kind of like, right, I'm going to... I'm going to push through that. Well, yeah, I, I, let, let, let go go back a year. Uh, no, uh, three, four years. And I did a talk for, um, it was either Lloyds Bank or something, on, uh, or uh, Barclays Bank down in London, where they yeah. got the big towers, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well I decided oh, to give a talk. They said, yes, that's fine. That's no problem. Um when you get there, it said, yes, you're sorry, okay. 37th floor. <laughs> okay, all right. So I got up to 37th floor, uh, sat down in this middle of this room and then told that I'm right, I'm literally five foot away from the sheer drop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I had to concentrate so fully that I, I uh, gave my talk. Um, they were wonderful, brilliant, and when, yeah. I, when I was off, they said, uh, right, you can go there, and I go, right, somebody help me! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't move from where I was, I had to, I had a few people give me a push, and now I was okay. But boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sweating now. Oh, I'm Do you know thinking now. about? I've, I've always found it funny, you know, that like being a, a professional motorcycle racer, you can ride a bike at 200 miles an hour, Yep. Where if, where if one thing goes wrong, one thing, you're going to be in 200 bits. Yep. But a bridge that's, you know, it's not going to collapse. <laughs> you know, you're not going to suddenly fall off the edge. Yep. But the terror that that holds is greater than doing 200 miles on a motorcycle. It's fascinating. Yeah, I, but uh, yeah. 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 I, I can do it. I, literally, I can do but. Uh, yeah. one one nine seven point nine six miles an hour was, was what I got the high boosted to. It really? showed on the speedo two two five miles an hour. Yeah, and try as I might, I'd not break the two hundred. I was really pissed off about that. Yeah. I really was. That's well, faster but... than most people, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, it wasn't a runway, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I, I couldn't make 200 miles an hour. Uh, yeah, but do you know what? I'd say and 197 point whatever is as close uh, as six, enough. 6'5". See, numbers are a real difficulty for me. Yeah, yeah. One, nine, seven, nine, six. There you go. Yeah. I would, do you know what? I'll give you that, mate. That's 200 miles an hour. <laughs> but, um, but weirdly, Brilliant. do you know what? You, you've happened upon, again, one of the major things that people fear before going to Everest Base yeah. Camp is the bridges. And the thing we say is there's no getting around it. Some of them are really big and that is something you're going to have to overcome. I really like the idea that, again, 
you haven't just sort of, I mean, I've always believed, you know, knowledge dispels fear. So you've got the I NHS, agree. you're I learning agree. about how to deal with heights, and then you're going to go there and you're going to do it. And it's that pragmatic approach to getting the mind right. Because let's yeah. be honest, it's, I think regardless of what I think physically, you know, you've got, you know, difficulties, but that's not going to stop you. The biggest no. thing that stops people is the muscle between the ears. I and, totally I think, and I think the one thing, yeah, just to reassure you, it'll be totally fine. And we got some, <laughs> we got honest, it all happen. We'll wait until no one's coming the other way. So we can send a guide across. The guide can just say, right, everyone, we've got yeah. some people come in. And then another guy's hand on shoulder, right, and let's go. And we'll match you to the other end. Yeah, you know? that, that, that's the way it's going to be done. That's the way it's going to be done. But I, some mo- extra motivation. What I'll do is I'll get a yak and we'll put that one side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I can go with the other side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking, right, I've dealt with bridges and that in the past. Uh, yeah. You know, we like last uh, six weeks or something. And I've always grabbed hold of the rail. Now, when I'm going across Everest, probably be a very flimsy rail shall we say but if i hold on to the the uh sherpa's arm yeah i will do a lot a lot better yeah nice. because i can't yeah. hold anything with my right i can only hold one my light left if i can hold something to move with me I think that will be a big uh problem uh, overcoming right a big problem yeah. well we've got plenty of arms <laughs> um, don't worry, we can give you. We've got a room full of, um, you know, prosthetic limbs you can hold on to. But, but no, honestly, again, what I really like about it, and what I, you know, what I hope the message is, is that you know there is, you know, you have these obstacles in front of you, and it's amazing that of all the things that you've been through, the biggest obstacle for you would have been there anyway. It's nothing to yeah. do with yeah. like. It's nothing to do with the yeah. stroke and the physical yeah. limitations. Yeah. It's something that, and it's something mental, and it's to do with a mindset issue. And it's something that Andy's been talking about for years. Mm. You know, Andy's a huge believer. The other Andy, by the way, Andy Moore, and he's been, he's Who's been, that? yeah, he's been, <laughs> he's been telling me when I met him and everyone else, you know, that yeah. almost all the physical limitations can be rooted back to the mind. Mm. You know, and. If you come up against something that's a bridge, a fear of heights, a fear of animals, a fear of the unknown, by going through what you're doing, you know, those exercises to train yourself through it and learn more about it and learn coping skills and have things in place, it, re- it makes the impossible possible, right? I mean, you're going to get to every space camp, eh? Yeah. You know? so, so, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the, the only thing I can physically, uh, physically see stopping is h- half a lung. We've got yeah. one, one. We've got two lungs. I've got one and a half, so yeah. it might might not be able to get me up there. But that is the only thing. Andy, it's other... fine. There's only half the oxygen, mate, so you don't need. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's true. It's that. true. Yeah, there is, is only half the Your body's definitely um, going to be working harder than most because yeah. you're, you know, obviously at the altitude you'll, you'll have when you get to Everest, there's fifty percent less oxygen there. You know, yeah. as in your, your body uses it. <clears throat> but I know a lot of them, um, because um, I'm, I'm an asthmatic, so kind of over the years, I've kind of done a little bit of educating around, you know, how the lungs work or altitude and things like that. And when your body is always, even at sea level, fighting to get more oxygen around your body, which yours clearly does. Uh, like one of my my sister, she was um, born premature. And she's only got one lung herself. Wow. Uh, but that's since birth. So she doesn't really notice it too much because she's she's had to deal with that. 
And I think when your your lungs are already fighting for more oxygen to use it, it knows what it's doing at altitude. It's weird. Yeah. Um, so have that in the back of your mind. And, and I'd say, um, you know, and, and anyone that's listening to this as well, you know, if you're altitude and you are struggling, then slow down. There's no mm. rush. You know, no. It, it's, there's no. no point getting there quicker and, you know, uh, busting up your, your body just because you want to get there quicker. Just take it easy yeah. Um, and enjoy yourself. And I think, honestly, and I, I feel it's so much so that any time there, and, and I obviously know you've got the physical limitations, but I think you're mentally stronger than, I'd say, 99% of people who are going to be on this trip, um, you know, and use that. Because I think, especially of Altitude and Dave, we've talked over the years, the people that do make Kilimanjaro, Everest Base Camp, you know, all these big challenges are the people who really are able to dig deep um, mm. and find that emotional connection to why they're there, to why they're going there, and then they actually do achieve it then. Whereas you get the fitter people, it, it just it doesn't mean so much to them. And when they go for those struggles, they're like, oh, you know, oh, I'll turn around. I've seen it happen loads of times. Yeah, You know, you get... Struggle-wise, I mean, I mean down to... Uh... 44 uh, beats per second while I'm sitting still. Really? Yep, yep. Man, I'm you really... are chilled out. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been uh, smoking? <laughs> uh, it, it, it jumped up to uh, well, 150 uh, or 100 just there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's not running. That's that's walking. That is a yeah, pain yeah. in the arse. It really is. But I, I, I definitely take your word. I definitely take them. Anybody who's sitting out there thinking, oh, well, he, he can go because he's had a stroke. He's, he's got aphasia. Um, if I can do it, yeah. even if I make it one, one, one climb, I'm, 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 I've actually been there. Mm, and I'll yeah. maybe turn around and say, Look, I, I went to base camp. I did it or I didn't, but I went there. And that's yeah, yeah. an important point that mo- yeah. most people should think about things. Yeah, I, think I agree. About. We always say that Everest Base Camp, what it really is, is an X on a map that gives yeah. you a convenient excuse to travel to the Himalaya and do some trekking. Because yeah. there's a reason, like, because you can go to Kathmandu and get a helicopter to base camp if you want to, you know? Yeah. But why does no one do it? it's not really about just being uh, getting to base camp it's about yeah. the journey it's all about the journey that's an evertrek motto right. and i think you're dead right the hardest bit and the biggest challenge to overcome is actually getting on the plane yeah. and taking the leap into yeah. the unknown but it doesn't matter like going there and trying even if you decide to turn back which i know you won't but even if it, but even if but even if dragging him away, happen, yeah, even if that happens, then it doesn't matter because you've already won because the achievement is getting to the Himalayas, seeing Mount Everest, which I, which you're gonna do. You know, I guarantee you know you will go to the Himalayas. I know you'll get a base camp, but I really do like the message because my father, I went trekking with him, and he actually um, turned back about six hours from base camp. You know, yeah. and then and made made the decision, and at the time. I'll be honest, he did come back two years later and he had to go back and do it. But at the time, he said, you know what? Like, I, I've seen Mount Everest. I've traveled in the Himalayas. Nearly 8 billion people on the planet. I'm part of a tiny select few that actually get to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. it's amazing. And I think well, what, it... What, what, what said it to me, uh, I, I always remember this to him, uh, Rob, who's my best friend. 
Uh, we turned up uh, at the starting line of the MDS. Yeah. Yeah, they had rock and roll music and everything blasting. And then we were off. And he says, I don't care what you do. You've won because you're here. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do from now on. You just made it. Yeah. I, I have I remembered that. that. I have remembered mm. that. I always, I like Everybody the fact as well, you've, you've done the marathon disables, but you're like, oh, if I don't make base camp. And you did it in two days, not the three. That means you've done a double marathon on one of the days, right? Because so, I know I've looked into this Sounds myself. Awesome. You can do it in three days or two days if you do one of the days as a doubler. Um, so I know for a fact you've got, like, you know, you've done about 50 miles or something in one day. So, like, to be honest, that'll get you most of the way to base camp in one go. I was going to say, so, um, <laughs> we're going to slow you down then, Andy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think as well... Also, the going slow, believe it or not, and like Andy said about the stuff with the breathing and the oxygen, these are little yeah. funny things that you can spin to your advantage because oh, yeah. there's, a, there's some people say that, you know, smokers and asthmatics, their body is used to functioning at low oxygen. So when it yeah. goes to the low oxygen environment, it's not like a jump from sea level to high altitude. It's like somewhere yeah. in between to high altitude. And right, also yeah. by walking slowly and taking your time and not, you know, having that limiter because you're constantly on the limiter, I reckon, you know, going as fast as you are. But but luckily for you, and, and this is luckily, going that little bit slower helps you acclimatize, you know? So, and I always say to people, so let's just say you're an hour behind me every day, right? Just as an example. Well, it takes eight days to get to base camp. So that's eight hours more acclimatizing you've had than me. Mm. And I always say to people, if you think eight hours doesn't make a difference, go a night without sleep and try and climb Snowden. You yeah. know, like it's... Yeah, it's harder, it's, right? It's, it's harder. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I actually think a lot of things will play in your favor. But I think you're right, though, by just getting to the start line. That's really the finish. The rest of it's mm. just fun. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you'll love yeah. it. It'd be interesting, Anne, to get you back after you've finally gone. Uh, excuse me, and then um, you know, hear how you found it. You know, oh, it's good to see both, oh, both definitely, sides definitely, story, definitely. You know? Well, I'm being a sponsor, or rather, I'm sponsoring for yeah. Riders for Health, uh, which is uh, Two Wheels for Life. Yeah, um, yeah. it's where they do uh, uh, um, African things, you know, blah blah blah. You know, take Grand Prix stars out there, do yeah. do, do, do does it all led. And um, I'm going to start uh, from uh, tomorrow, from uh, February, uh, no, sorry, September onwards, we'll start doing a monthly blog of what I've been doing to try and make uh, nice. base camp. And when we get to within, say, uh, uh, a month to go, and we'll start doing every every week we'll do one. So that will nice. be good. That would be good. And do you, um, what you should do, mate, because I, I know you're, you're on Facebook, aren't you? Uh, yes, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, yeah. Twitter, and Instagram. Definitely, post... uh, when you start writing that blog, it'd be great if you can share it with the Evertracker community. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd love to, love to. Uh, yeah. They'll be the, yeah. on the uh, Two Wheels for Life. Okay. Um, it will be out there. Probably won't get it done until the end of the month, but yeah. tomorrow. Um, I'd love to share it out. Absolutely love yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting because 
got all the Evertrackers want to know, Dave, wouldn't they? And yeah, hundred percent. You know, I mean, yeah. even if you send me the link, um, post it because we've got a high altitude group where we've got uh, you know yeah. a few thousand members now. All of them ask questions, believe it or not, about the heights thing, about physical yeah. limitations, about altitude and training and struggles and overcoming that. And I really do think your story is like a triumph over adversity that people can really <laughs> like. So, yeah, I mean, share, share, like, share it as much as you can with everybody because I Absolutely. know, because I guarantee you there's one person out there that's thinking they can't do it. Yeah. And then I reckon if they read your history and know a little about what you've come from, I reckon they might, they might change their mind. And that yeah, would be amazing. Yeah, people say you're extraordinary, blah, 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 which I, I don't agree with. I'm just a normal yeah. bloke with a normal mission. That's that's what it is to me. Yeah. Um, but I can understand who people will think you, you're, you're mad. That's quite right. <laughs> really? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> you're in the right place then. <laughs> Uh, I, I should, yeah, I'm, I'm just a normal bloke. If anything, I'm half a normal bloke. So what? what if, if I can do it, anybody else can do it. I nice, just got to nice. um, get their mind to think, yes, I can do it. Even if it looked, if, if if you took at me like ten years ago, I was about to end it all with a knife. So yeah. from that onwards, that from 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 onwards, it's been. Progression. Every day yeah. is a progression, and it is a progression for me. I, mean, yeah. I know you say, "Oh, you, you're speaking well," blah blah blah. You know, but I'm not 100. I never will be. Yeah. But I want to get as close as I can. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Like it, Andy. Andy, great. I, I was going to ask you, like, what advice you had for Evertrackers, but I got to be honest, what you just said was like <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it's been great having you on um like you know like i said we'll get you back when you come back from base camp and hear your story um obviously we, i know you post your blog in the uh the high altitude ever trackers facebook group um and obviously we can we can we can follow your story as well um but yeah thanks for coming on dave any any final thoughts before we leave no that's it and it's great to chat to you i think andy's yeah. right we need to get you back after the trip find out yeah. about the bridges and how that went and, um, I definitely want to yeah I want to yeah. see the pictures <laughs> yeah yeah here's where on the trip I slipped a bit because of some dirt on the ground and it wasn't left on me honestly <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah great but no honestly I think that's great yeah it's been great to chat to you we've been a long time in the making and um, yeah so this is Andy Ibbett part one We'll check in next May or June for uh, Andy Ibbett Part 2 and see how, see how it went. Uh, absolutely. Now, I will keep you up to speed with the uh, with how this training is going. And trekkers, it won't be uh, looking like I'm doing much hard work, but it is to me. To me, yeah. walking, walking is taking 120 beats. That's yeah. walking. So that's quite some time. Uh, yeah. But, we're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You, 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 you could just walk to base camp. Mate. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I think believe it or not, though, and you know, there are people out there that probably, you know, for one reason or another, that's all they need to do. You know, they need yeah. to get up yeah. and walk to the end of the street. Sometimes yeah. it can even be a depression. You know, people might suffer from just being able to get out. And I think that's why your story is great. It does touch on multiple different aspects. It's mental health. It's physical health. 
it's yeah. challenges, setting goals. It's, it's all the good stuff all wrapped up in one story. So, yeah, <laughs> th- thanks for sharing it with us. All right, yeah. man. Great stuff. Cheers, Andy. Cheers, too. So, yeah, Dave, um, what an interview, man. It was powerful stuff with Andy, wasn't it? I know. I'm going to stop complaining um, about everything <laughs> yeah. because, um, yeah, I mean, wow, what that guy's been through. Yeah. I mean, I know that we, you know, it's it's quite difficult to kind of tell that story and get across the magnitude in like a, an hour long or however long podcast when, you know, it took months and years for him to get to this point, but he never gave up, even though yeah. he came close a few times to just throwing it away and, and, yeah. and giving in. Yeah, an amazing guy, an absolutely amazing guy, you know. Yeah, I was quite, quite proud to, to have him in, especially as an Evertracker as well, who, you know, is going to Everest Base Camp, um, you know, after what he's been through and his journey. We can't wait to see how his journey continues. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know we, we talked about getting him on after he's done it so we can talk a bit about, um, you know, his journey so we can talk about the experiences of altitude with what he goes through and the, the long distance, etc. Um, and yeah, we'll definitely get him back on uh, to chat about that again. But yeah, Dave, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, what a guy, man, what a guy. Yeah, I know he's. Um, I like to think that I would be able to summon the, uh, yeah, you know, summon the energy and summon the positivity that this man has. Because when you meet Andy and you chat to him for any length of time, that's the main thing that comes through. It's yeah. a sense of positivity, and you know, strength through adversity and endurance. Um, I mean, the man's out there doing like multiple mile walks every day. He hasn't yeah. stopped training and he does it. Yeah, he's amazing. He's one of those people that always looks to the horizon. And when he gets there, he looks beyond that. He's um, yeah, he's a, good, he's a good chap. Great stuff. Well, look, guys, um, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed this episode and, and Andy's story, um, you know, it's been a great, great to have him on uh, on the Mount Malarkey podcast. If you are listening on Apple podcast, please leave us a review. Uh, believe it or not, it makes a huge difference. And, you know, uh, really does uh, we do reach far more um you know far more people if people leave us reviews so yeah if you've enjoyed me and dave and and andy and talking about life and challenges and, and all the stuff then yeah it means a lot to us if you've um uh, if you can leave us a review but yeah dave i know we got exciting kind of time ahead now uh, i know some people are, uh, have been recently been trekking with us but yeah as we go off into 2022 can't believe we're yep. saying that um <laughs> we got we got some exciting stuff ahead haven't we yeah, massive seasons ahead of us. Some really big projects, some really big events coming down the line. I mean, yeah, it almost feels like we haven't sort of taken our foot off the gas. Felt like we put our foot on the gas during, these, <laughs> yeah. uh, during the last uh, 18 months, two years. But um, I now feel like we've pit, we're picking up the momentum, you know, and now yeah. I really, I, I mean, I cannot wait. I'm not one to wish my time away, but uh, if I could get into the to next year and, and, and sort of reveal all the things we got yeah. going on and, yeah, it's going to be epic. Awesome. All right, we'll leave it there, guys. But uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Mount Malarkey podcast. Take it easy.